0: At the topic Encounter with the Most High. Encounter with the Most High. And uh, we've gone through seven parts of this series. We are continuing today with part eight of that topic Encounter with the Most High. And the subtopic we have been looking at is that the Most High is a God of everlasting kingdoms and dominion. He's a God of everlasting kingdoms and dominion. And last week, we read from the book of Luke, chapter 19, from verses 12 to 17. And we highlighted a few points from that passage. Number one, we say, God will always have his way. And I pray for someone who is listening to this message again today. God will have his way in your life. Amen. God will always have his way. There's no stopping him. There's no stopping him. One of the points, we, I mean, the, 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 the fourth point, I believe, we highlighted was that God is a giver. The third point we highlighted was that the expansion of the kingdom is God's delight. the, the expansion of His kingdom is His delight. And then a very important point, and that's why I want to make, I mean, come on, come upon it the last is it says to hate God is to deny His reign or His lordship. And brethren, let's not forget that. If you deny the lordship of God in your life, put it better still, if you deny the lordship of Jesus in your life, you are simply telling God, I hate you. You don't need to say it that way, but that's exactly what you are saying. The moment you make up your mind that that you will not give the reign of your life unto the Lord Jesus Christ, you are telling him that you hate him, and the end is assured. The end is actually... Because in verse 27 of that Luke chapter, uh, chapter 19, the Bible says, the, the nobleman said, Those my enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. So first of all, it is because you hate him that you are disobeying his word. And that's what uh, uh, verse 14 tells us. His citizens hated him. And sent a message unto him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And then in verse 27, he is saying, Because these people decided I will not reign over them, they are what? They are my enemies. Are you an enemy of God? If you are an enemy of God, the Bible is telling us that one thing is assured. He said, Bring them and slay them before me. That's why the Bible says, The wages of sin is what? Is death. It's very simple, it's very straightforward. And I believe one of the reasons we take the word of God for granted, even as human beings that we are, is that God has come down to our level and we take it for granted. Or maybe I should say we take Him for granted. He's the enemies of His. They are good for nothing else but to be slain. So there are some other lessons from that passage that I want to continue to look at today. I want to continue to look at in our passage today, we're still talking on the Father, the Most High, is the God of everlasting kingdoms and dominions. And that noble man went on a long journey. The Bible says he went that he might receive for himself a kingdom. So he's interested in the enlargement of his kingdom. Let's read today that same Luke chapter 19, but from verse 15. Luke chapter 19, I'll read from verse 15. I'll read that just a few, a few verses, and then I'll highlight additional things that we need to take away from that passage. Luke chapter 19 from verse 15. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much everyone had gained by trading. Verse 16. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound had gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I fear thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he said unto him, Out of your mouth will I judge you, thou wicked servant. Thou knew that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Verse 23. Whereof then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own? With us three. we are going to stop there. We are going to stop there. i just highlight a few points uh, before we pray this morning. The fifth point, you know, remember we mentioned four last week? The fifth point from this passage is that God rewards with authority. God rewards with what? Authority. That's very important. For the faithful citizen, the master's reward is authority. Those who have helped him or those who helped him to receive the kingdom are rewarded with authority. And how did they help him to receive his kingdom? Those who helped him to take care of his affairs while he was gone. Like the servant who was given one and who gained ten more. He was given authority. And brethren, that is very important. He still does that today. Are you helping God to receive that kingdom? The kingdom of of this world is a kingdom that is ripe to be received for our Heavenly Father. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro. He's looking for one man. How many? One. One. Just one person. Just like he, he said to Isaiah. He said, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I send me. He is still looking for one person today that will be a faithful pastor, that will be a faithful Sunday school teacher, that will be a faithful usher, that will be a faithful driver of God's car, of God's vehicle, or that will be a faithful cleaner, that will be a faithful sharer of the love of God at times like this. God is looking for one person that he will reward with authority. Because, brethren, the reward of the kingdom from the passage we have read is authority. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And that's very important. Over what? All the power of the enemies. No limitation, exception. And nothing shall by any means hurt you and i believe god is that vessel applies to someone here today the lord is saying i give you power i don't know what for authority is what is power i give you power i give you authority whatever you say shall stand that's why jesus christ said whatever you bind on that shall not, shall be bound in heaven whatever you lose on that shall be loose in heaven do you, have, do you have that authority? If you have your authority, use it. Tell somebody, use it. use it. It's very important. I give you power to tread on serpents, to tread on scorpions, to tread on green snakes, to tread on the devil himself. You know, like the song we normally sing that says, I am going to uh, uh, stand right how does it, How is it, is it under the rock? Where the devil can do me no harm. Or maybe the one that, that, that says where he belongs is under my feet. I think that's a better song there. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. If you are walking with this king of kings and the lord of lords. Helping him to perfect the kingdom he wants to receive. The devil is under your feet. And he will remain there in Jesus name. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, if you are going to demonstrate this authority, you need who? The Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Remember, brethren, that Peter, before he was baptized on the day of Pentecost, was a fearful fisherman hiding with other disciples in the upper room. Not venturing out, peradventure, adventure they will be seen and the persecution that their their master went through, they will go through. But after the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, Peter was able to stand before the leaders of the land and say, you killed Jesus. This Jesus you killed. The power in his name is what has lifted this man up when that uh, lame man was lifted up in Acts chapter 3 at the beautiful gate. Peter who was afraid. Peter who could not stand before a young lady that said, I think you are one of the disciples of Jesus. I said, no, I don't know him. That's an expensive joke. This Peter himself was standing not before a young lady, but before the leaders that crucified Jesus and said, you killed him. But I have a message for you. This man you killed, he's risen. And the power in his name is which just lifted up this, this crippled man. They were confounded. The Bible says they looked at Peter and John and they took note that these were common, uneducated men. They were not just un- uneducated men, but they were what? Common, ordinary. He's wanting to be uneducated and rich. These ones were uneducated and what? I'm poor. Come on, but they, they had a distinction. They took note. They had been with who? With. When you walk with Jesus to gain the kingdom He wants to gain, He gives you authority. That authority will be yours in Jesus' name. I so said that authority will be yours in Jesus' name. There is no limitation to how far you can go to answer prayers or rewarding His own. That's why Ephesians chapter three verse. 20 says, Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, according to the authority he has given unto us. But brethren, we are powerless because we are unproductive. We are powerless because of what? We are unproductive. In John chapter 15, from verses 1 to 5, we see Jesus saying, I am divine. My father is the husbandman, and we are the branches. He said, Every branch that beareth not fruit is what? Is taken away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. It is desired that we be productive, brethren. Verse 3 says, You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God cleanses, the word of God purifies, the word of God makes whole. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. And verse 5 very important. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit for without me you can do what? You can do nothing. We cannot demonstrate this authority, this power, this grace, this ability, this enablement, this anointing that the Father gives to those that are working with Him in His kingdom because we are unproductive. If there's one thing that God hates, it's stagnation. When we are unproductive, we are stagnant. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1, you find out that when, when God began to create the world, He created the, 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 the trees, He created the, 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 I mean the heaven and the earth, He created the waters. God did not pronounce a blessing on anything until the Bible says He created the living things that move. God hates stagnation. He releases His blessing. I mean, In fact, the, the corollary is that when you are stagnant, your ability to receive blessing is even hindered. That's why the first prayer that Jabez prayed is Oh, that will do what? Enlarge my coast. Give me the ability to receive. When you are stagnant, you cannot even receive. You cannot be blessed. Talk less of being a blessing. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. The requirement for, for us this morning. To be empowered with authority. To receive that authority like he gave to the productive disciples. We must be productive. We must go out and be productive for our master. For our Lord and master. The sixth point I want to highlight from that passage is that fear cripples initiative. What did I say? Fear cripples initiative. Look at that servant that was unproductive. The servant that brought nothing to his Lord. In verse 20 of verse 21, he said, I fear thee. That sums up everything there. I feared thee. Fear removes your ability and incapacitates you. It prevents you from demonstrating divine ability. And I believe this is very important for such a time as this. The times we are in, brethren, requires that we stand up against fear. Requires that we know who our Father is. We're expected to fear God and none else. Many of us are dying in silence right now because of fear. But the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 6 to 8. Paul told Timothy, he said, I put you in remembrance, stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. For God had not given up the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Timothy had an ability, a grace, an anointing in him. But the demonstration of his authority, this power, this anointing, was going to be hindered by what? Fear. And that's what's in brethren that fear does. Fear prevents you from reaching your divine ability. And fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. In verse 8 of that second Timothy chapter 1, Paul said, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. Brethren, these times that the times that we're in, men are beginning to see the futility of the things they trust in. Men are beginning to see that there is, I mean, human power is very, very limited. The virus that has made everybody to sit at home and not go out has not spared prime ministers, kings, and princes. It has affected the old and the young. It's only God, brethren. It's only God that is a way through, that is a way out. If we say fear not, the only source of our fearlessness is who? Is God. Look at the names of who is who. The great and mighty are dying. The non-entities unquote are dying. Nobody is on the non-entity before God. But in the world, people that nobody pays attention to are dying. People that are held in high esteem are dying. I mean, everybody is dying from, from, from right, left, and center. But God is on the throne. And he's saying not to his own children, do what? Fear not. Because this pestilence is not your portion. Amen. There is a rearrangement of the order of things in this world. Amen. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden Christians will become the rulers of this world. No. No. Our home is not here on earth. It's where it's in heaven. If if anything, persecutions will increase. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said, "In this world, you will do what? You will have tribulations." He said, "Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You will be an overcomer. Amen. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. You will overcome in Jesus' name. Amen. You cannot afford to live your life in fear." That is not the promise of God unto us, Amen. because brethren, fear brings bondage. Fear brings what? Bondage. In Romans chapter eight, verse fifteen. Romans eight fifteen. He says, "For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father." If you have Jesus, if the living God is your Father, know that I said the living God. Because people talk about so many gods these days. And they paint some, some of their gods that if you are not careful, if you are gullible, if you don't know the word of God, you will dance into it. They use some wordings that look like, like a Christian song. And used to capture people. If the living God is your father, the Bible says you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Fear brings bondage if fear is holding you captive receive your freedom today in jesus name Amen. because there's freedom only in one man and that is in the name of jesus Hallelujah. fear sets you up for failure fear does what it sets you up for failure it makes you to insult the lord you know when they say empty gongs do what make the loudest noise when some people are making noise, you think they have, they have any substance. But they are empty. Look at this young man. The servant in the passage we read. Look at the way he, be, he began to insult his master. He said, I fear thee. Thou art an austere man. You take up what you did not sow. You reap what, what you did not sow. Uh-uh. All I have said is trade with this and... and, 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 and Bring me results. It's time for you to show forth your results because you have nothing to show. Instead of saying, Master, sorry, I couldn't achieve anything, what did he start to do? He started to insult his master. He laid the foundation for his own destruction. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Fear sets you up for failure. The next point we need to say about fear is that fear makes a man lazy does what? It makes a man lazy. Proverbs 22 verse 13. Proverbs 22 verse 13. He said, "The slothful man says, "There is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets." Is that not so? The lazy man says, "There's a lion outside. I cannot go out. If I go, the lion will kill me. There's nothing there. It's all because. He has allowed fear to take over his life. Fear has overtaken his situation. In that same Proverbs, verse 26. Verse 26. Verse 13 to 15. Proverbs 26, 13 to 15. He says, The slothful man said, That's the lazy man. There is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. Now look at verse 14. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. Say, ah, there's corona on the street, oh, So I won't do what? I won't go out. And so because I won't go out, what will I do? I will be sleeping. That's a sign of laziness. May the Lord deliver you in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 15 says, The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It giveth him to bring it again to his mouth. <laughs> That's a parable for you. When he begins to turn and turn on his bed and he's sleeping, there will come a time that he's supposed to eat. And what happens? There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to eat. It grieved him to bring his hand again to his mouth because there's nothing to put in the mouth. Fear makes a man to be lazy. And there's a thin line. Yes, we've been mandated to stay home for many of us. How are you using this time that you are at home? Like I challenged us last week, I said, pray more. I said, read your Bible the more. Reach out to those who are in need of encouragement, who need to hear our word. And I mean, at least I had some some feedback from some of our brethren who did what we were talking about. The Lord will listen to you in Jesus' name. I said, "Lord, we read, the, we read the word in Jesus' name." Amen. It's very important that we do not allow fear to hold us captive. I'll go to the next point. We'll soon be rounding up. Point number seven: There will be a day of reckoning for the righteous. A day of reckoning for the righteous. The nobleman called his citizens together to know how much they gained. He didn't call them to ask, did you gain anything or not? Because he had an expectation. His expectation was that everybody will gain something. None of us have been created for failure. We have been created for success. Amen. And we will succeed in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. Say for if ye will judge our I mean, if we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, verse 32, we are testing of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The challenge for each one of us today is examine yourself. Ask yourself, am I productive? Am I making progress in the Lord? How am I using this time? Can God relate with what I am doing? If the rapture should take place today, will the Lord say, welcome, or will he say, depart from me, I know you not? We must examine ourselves. We must judge ourselves. We must ask ourselves where we stand. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verses 10 to 11. 7 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 10 to 11. The Bible says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. And I think that's a good caution for those of us that say, God is not interested in, in, the, in the flesh. He's only interested in the soul. You will be judged for everything done in your body. Verse 11 says, "Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience." When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, our works as believers, as children of God will be judged. Will your own work Pass the test of fire. The final point I want to make this morning, brethren, is that the most high delights in praise and thanksgiving. Amen. We cannot say, I did say this enough. The most high delights in what? Praise. praise and thanksgiving. In Psalm chapter 7 verse 17, Psalm chapter 7 verse 17, The psalmist said, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. He delights in our praises. He delights in our thanksgiving. Psalm 9 verse 2. Psalm chapter 9 verse 2. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O Thou Most High. O Thou Most High. Psalm 50. Psalm 50 verses 14 and 15. Psalm 50 verses 14 and 15. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay thy vows unto the Most High. That's a caution to someone who is listening to this message today. During the course of this corona distress, You've made a vow to the to the living God. God will bring you. God will see you through. God will see you through. Amen. I say God will see you through. Amen. But make sure you pay your vow. I use the word "pay" to mean that whatever you vowed unto the Lord, make sure that it is. I mean, you come up to the Lord and fulfill that promise. That's very important. In verse 15 of that Psalm 50, he said, Call upon me in the day of trouble. Mm. And for men, brethren, are days of trouble. Yes, so... He said, I will deliver thee. Hallelujah. And thou shalt Amen. glorify me. Amen. I speak to somebody's life today, you will glorify him. Amen. Your testimony will glorify him. Amen. Your life will glorify him. Amen. The answer to your prayers will glorify him. When men look at you, they will see a reason to praise the living Amen. God. As we round up, Psalm 92, verse 1 to 4. Psalm 92, verse 1 to 4. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. To sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning. Thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings. Upon a psaltery. Upon a harp with a solemn sound. For thou, O Lord, hast made me glad through thy word. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. The challenge I want to give someone this morning, will you praise God? Will you give thanks unto him? The most high delights in our praises, the songwriter says, let's forget about ourselves. Call upon his name and do what? And worship him. This morning, forget about your troubles. Forget about your woes. Forget about your pains. Forget about your worries. Take time to worship God. Because the Most High, the light in our praises. Amen. And as you praise Him this morning, not just this morning, as you praise Him this month of April, God will do His creative miracle in your life. Amen. We are made to understand that number four stands for uh, uh, for creation, so I know that this month God is willing, God is prepared Amen. to do a new thing. Amen. God is willing and prepared to open a new door unto some, yes. if only you will praise Him. Amen. If you will lift Him up, if you will not allow fear to overrule your life, remember that fear and faith cannot cohabit if you can be counted as a co-laborer with god he said the bible says in first corinthians uh i believe it's chapter four he said we are co-laborers with god in his vineyard if you will be found a co-laborer with him if you will be found a vessel that is worthy of being vested with his authority with his power you will praise him and he will answer you it's a season to praise the lord it's a season to give him thanks And as you do so he will be found of you in Jesus name I don't know if there's anyone who is listening to this message who has all given his life to Jesus every promise in the Word of God is for those who are born again it's for those who have not denied the Lordship of Jesus Christ remember the passage we read he said, those who said, I cannot be their Lord. I cannot reign over them. He said, bring them that they might be killed. If that is not your portion, you need to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. And if you are ready to make up your mind and say, Lord, Jesus is coming to my life. Please just say this prayer with me. He's willing. He's prepared. His hands are stretched forth. He wants to welcome you. That he might make you one of those. Prepared. And ready to receive his authority. That he might make you one of those. That will sing his praise. That will be lifted up. Say after me this morning. Say Lord Jesus. I yield my life unto you. I say come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Take control of all that pertains to me. Be the Lord over my life and my situation. Let your name avail for me. Let the blood that was shed upon the cross of Calvary avail for me. Let the host of heaven arise for me. And glorify your name in my life. Every covenant with the devil I break right now. And I establish myself a son of the most high. A son of the kingdom. Every affliction I command to depart right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. I want to pray with all of us right now. Father, I commit to your children to your hands. I come against every spirit of fear in the lives of your children. As you have not given out the spirit of fear, I bind that spirit of fear and I cast out in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a season of the fulfillment of destiny. I pray, Lord, that in the lives of each and every one of your children, destiny will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. In this is a season of accelerated promotion. When men are talking of a casting down, the word you are releasing unto us is of a lifting up. Amen. I say concerning your children, let there be a divine lifting in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is a season, oh Lord, of divine fulfillment in all ramifications. Whatever be the need of your children, I say receive the touch of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Receive the gift of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you are the one that makes sure the there is no way. Every form of stagnation will come against right now in the name of Jesus. All Oh, that man may praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works for the children of men. For he has broken the gate of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Every bar of iron holding your children down, they are hereby broken in the name of Jesus. I speak unto somebody's life right now. I say, receive your total freedom in Jesus' name. I say, go and manifest divine authority. Go and manifest divine power. Go and manifest the grace of the living living God. I say, from now onwards, the host of darkness will see you and flee, because you'll be a carrier. Of divine glory yes, Lord. so shall it be yes, in jesus name amen, amen. You are-